Welcome everyone to Flyover Footy. We have a fun show today. Uh, we don't have to go crazy. We're all caught up on news. Uh, not that we don't have enough news to talk about today that um, I'm extremely excited about. It's been a really fun day in general, but let's uh, make the rounds here. Let's introduce everyone that's talking today as usual. Stuart, you just came from a game. I forgot what you played tonight. Uh, I played Ultimate Frisbee tonight. That's so right. And I you, am you very man, sweaty. You man-marked the playmaker, you said. Yeah, I man-marked the handler in the last game we played, so I really frustrated him. That was fun. Which is your goal, it sounds like. Yeah. Perfect. I appreciate the knee brace. Yeah. I mean, I'm old, and uh, I've had some knee problems since I was in high school, so. <laughs> sounds it, familiar. Yeah. I noticed the old man walk to the bathroom as you were changing. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm also starting to develop some Achilles tendonitis, oh, so no. tomorrow oh, I'm going to be going to be uh, limping around. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Uh, it's being older. <laughs> Santiago, you're here after, um, we'll say, a lackluster trip to Kansas City the other day, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I was in Kansas City yesterday um, watching a Leagues Cup action, but um, Sporting KC didn't really show up. They had a bunch of youngsters and bad result. Um, understandable because they have played a lot of games lately, but obviously you always, if you have MLS against Liga MX, just are expecting to see a good game and a good battle, but that was missing yesterday. I don't. Twitter basically made it sound like uh, Vermese was just like, "Screw you guys! I I did it on purpose. We mm-hmm. don't care." Yeah, yeah. He he said, "Oh, it's it's all on me, but I'm I want to take care of my guys. Um, mm-hmm. Like we just sold a player. We're waiting for another player to get his visa. Had a lot of games lately, and I don't want to risk anybody. That's what that's what he said." Spoken like a true sporting director slash coach. Exactly. True. Yeah, I love the result. <laughs> I, I was hoping for like three or four more goals by Leon. Um, I loved it. <laughs> Ten one. Ten one would have been awesome. <laughs> love it. Uh, keeping that rivalry uh, nice and hot, all ready for twenty twenty three, and even before possibly. Uh, Matt Baker's here. Matt, I don't know what you've been up to. We haven't really chatted about your day or anything. So, oh, I've probably had the most boring day slash week of anybody, and I'll take it. <laughs> I finished up grad school last week, so I'm oh my gosh, I'm riding the low of all of the the lack of things to do. Um, but today's excitement kind of was everything I was hoping it would be. Today's one of those kind of momentous days in the history of, or what will be the history of the club. So. Nice to be a part of it. Nice to see it unfold. And happy to talk about it. Hell yeah. No, let's jump right into it. The Academy announcements that came today, they announced the rosters for the U-17s and the U-16s. Um, Stuart, let's go right back to you. How did you uh, feel about the announcement today? Uh, well, it was, it was exciting. Uh, so when they dropped the teaser yesterday, there were, you know, a few, few possibilities. Um, actually... CKB had an interview on Camel X yesterday morning, so the timing was a little unusual that they kind of compressed a few things together. It, the interview really kind of fell below the radar and didn't get talked about. Um, but in the interview, she talked about um, looking for a, announcing a big sponsor soon, including stadium naming rights in the next week or a few weeks and months. So. It seemed a little soon for that, 
but it was in its own right kind of a very noteworthy interview with some tidbits coming out. Uh, but I mean, the MLS right. Next schedules kicking off soon. It just made a lot of sense, and um, rumors or the leak was that Aaron Hurd was going to headline uh, the Academy, and um, that proved to be true. And over the last three, four weeks, along with uh, STL Jake and you guys, and and uh, I kind of dug in and made some predictions on the roster, and I hit on 11 guys, but um, I missed on about five or six of them. It's so. not quite 50%. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what you can find on social media, though, when you're really digging into it. Hmm. You, you can make some, some guesses, yeah, and there's uh, some recruiting websites that guys put some information out there that you can filter through and I mean can't blame the kids on, on being really excited about this too absolutely not that made a nice joke in our DMs about uh, Stuart being on some kind of a list for following all these teenagers on Instagram <laughs> I liked it but hey it's normal in that world yeah I do wonder what uh, like uh, Malik and Landon <laughs> We're, we're thinking when I just started following them on Twitter and Instagram and if, uh, I don't know, if Sam, Vin, TK, or Critchley noticed that you followed a few of these guys Shared out of the blue. That, um, you, would, you would hope that, you know, they're athletes who are work building up their career, they're excited about it. The yeah, but I, media yeah. I wonder, I mean, some of the guys at the club might have figured out that a few of the guys had been um, kind of hashed out, but... I was well, on so one of the things I that I liked that Stewie said was uh, the interview CKB did flew under the radar and the thing that I took away from it is the fact that the KMOX guys that interviewed and no disrespect to them they were they were asking what the majority of their audience wanted to know which is probably stadium related and all of the fact that she didn't watch soccer before she got into owning the team but I took away that not a single media source seemed to ask about the academy in this buildup. So there didn't seem to be any focus about the fact that there was a league starting next month. And I'm sure I'm sure Tom Timmerman probably touched on it on a Post-Dispatch article. I absolutely have no doubt that that's where it would have come from, maybe even Hawkman or Benfred. But in the lead-up to this week especially, where interviews were given out, that wasn't even asked. And that was notable to me. I feel very strongly about that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I, I did... I, I thought the same thing, Matt, and I, I had the thought in their defense, right? I'm always, I get angry and then I try to think of the opposite possibility. I, I think the closest thing we can compare our academy to is like that St. Louis fans will understand is like the Springfield Cardinals and under, right? Because Springfield yeah. Cardinals are like, you know, 19 to 23 year olds. And we're talking about teenagers right now, you know what I mean? Like super young teenagers. And so even if you're like, no, everyone, you don't understand. Like, this is, like, we are, f it's a farm system in a way. We don't want to call it that, but it is. Like, the kids are coming up, and they're so vital to us not overspending and having enough talent at the same time. And you can say it's just like the Cardinals in their heyday when they were bringing up kids from the um, um, from the minor leagues and, and having them kill on, on in the major leagues and how much money we saved in doing that. St. Louis fans can get behind that, but then – they don't necessarily want to look into the academy on a daily basis at the same time. How much are we talking about the Springfield Cardinals or the Memphis Redbirds? Only the super nerds, right? So it, that's my like devil's advocate argument that people like us are like way into that. And of course, we know this kind of thing. But KMOX, 
Maybe not so much, not right? So much, yeah. Yeah, and CKB was also probably talking about something she has more uh, expertise in as a you know businesswoman. The CEO level. She's CEO. Yeah, I mean, she's talked about her starting eleven sponsors before, so that definitely seems to be her personal focus on um, the club at the moment. So now that'll be exciting in its own right. Uh, I. I mean, this is obviously a lot more exciting to me, academy-wise stuff, than uh, sponsorship stuff. As long as we don't get a betting company naming the stadium, I, I don't with you there. care too much, to be honest. <laughs> One last thing about that. Um, what I have noticed that I do not catch these radio interviews at all, and I think it's because of the way I've like set up my Twitter. But like, I will catch like a Brendan Weezy article from time to time. Did I say that right? Brendan Weezy? Yeah. Yep. Um, is that 550? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, do you guys figure it out on Twitter? Where do you find these interviews? Because it did go well below the radar, in my opinion. I saw it on KMLX Sports, uh, tweeted it out. Okay. Um, I have a few keywords that I like to search Twitter for every day or so. Oh, and they are? One's STL City SC, no hashtag, no at. Oh, okay. CKB those kinds of things where you try to pick up because I don't think KMOX used any hashtag I think they just no. e- either called it St. Louis City or mm-hmm. um, Kindle Bats or something like that mm-hmm. and then Google alert for news yeah I need to set that up I haven't done that yeah. yet hey, my cool. sources are here Mark Baker <laughs> right Holgren, there we you know? go just follow them just follow them and I guess the problem actually is that you guys aren't retweeting this stuff enough <laughs> I can't be missing it I'm pretty sure I get notifications for your stuff yeah. I, t- I try to listen to it to see if there's any value in it before I start tweeting out about it because right. a couple well, times that makes one of us <laughs> I'm kidding I'm kidding I well I mean I'm always glad to hear about City being talked about I'm always, I'm always glad to hear about soccer being talked about but uh, I don't know there's a substance difference between if you're going to have Seabeck on to talk about um, a sponsorship deal uh, versus CKB on to talk about the next sponsor versus Lutz on to talk about building up the academy like Everything yeah. is important in its own sense. Um, and that's why I know uh, Brendan's done good interviews. He was the first to get loots, right? That was so. still in a point where I was like, are they going to let me talk to this guy ever? I'm not sure, you know? I was still wondering. And so when he got loots, I was like, Brendan's going to ask decent questions, and I can't wait to listen to loots talk for the first time on the radio. So um, maybe that that's the answer right there. Yeah, we're just big nerds looking for nerdy stuff. Do you have something else? Sorry. Oh no! Okay. I mean, it's. Um, I saw Tom Timmerman did reference the academy stuff today. So yep. good. Uh, he was one of. The, I think he was the first um, reporter I saw tweet out about it. Yeah, I, I think Tom Timmerman is going to be the go-to uh, soccer guy soccer. for St. Louis City. I would Which hope is great. he. Yeah, I would. He. Yes. I would love for him to be the beat writer for um, for St. Louis City because he has a passion for the sport. Him, Joe Lyons, mm-hmm. or um, uh, well, Jim Thomas is busy with with the Blues, but he's another one who 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 knows knows about it. So, and I know Ben Fred was uh, covering the uh, Rams lawsuit news today, so I think that was his focus. I, I can appreciate Ben Fred and Hawkman doing kind of feature articles or more yeah. uh, weekly pieces. They've, I mean, Hawkman's piece going in where City went to Sporting. That was, I mean, fantastic getting the perspective. So I'm, I think they're great with that, that level of content. And they're like storyteller types. Oh, know? absolutely. Like, that's the fun yeah, part. Yeah, for sure. Which I like. Um, totally agree. 
but let's um, let's talk about let's talk about this more in depth stuff. Um, Aaron Hurd, right? I think uh, of all the reporters talking about Aaron Hurd, I think I'm who <laughs> I'm not a reporter. I'm sorry, I phrase that terribly. I'm so sorry. I talked about Aaron Hurd a lot today, right? I was obsessed with Aaron Hurd, and I put a lot of content out there about Aaron Hurd. But let's talk about it because there is some good stuff here. Um, Santiago, did you want to talk about Aaron Hurd? You want to start us off? Should we start with Matt? Yeah, let's. Start sorry, with Matt. <laughs> yeah, Matt, go ahead. Oh well, so one of one of if not our last show alluded to. Um, a national level prospect that City was courting or that had uh, been recruited by City, and it was Aaron Hurd. So he has history with Philadelphia Union, um, left their system beginning of last season or around in, in 2020. It was either spring or, or late summer, but he didn't play last year with the Union. He cited family concerns or family reasons for his departure, but he has, I mean, he's 15 years old. And he has a um, almost an international resume already. He won the youth, the Concacaf Champions League U thirteen Golden Boot, um, which which is amazing. Twenty in twenty nineteen, he won that, and that's the that's the caliber of player that we're excited about bringing in. Um, and it's also not a local player, so the other piece of our excitement for the academy is that they're looking locally they're providing opportunities they're bringing in all this other talent that we're going to touch on shortly but the splash is they're able to recruit a nationally recognized award-winning 15 year old to come and play for our u17 team so i think that none of that can be uh, underscored enough that just how meaningful that is not just for us but how it looks to the outside world so when you're talking about recruiting and bringing kids in that is the the thing to hang your hat on right now in my opinion is you've got all these other these other boys who have some amazing accomplishments and accreditations and and regional id camps in their own rights uh, but this isn't a local guy this is somebody who i don't know how it happened but you went out and sought him or potentially reached out to lutes i don't know how that occurred with the family and any agent but we got we got that caliber of a person to almost lead this club at this point so i I don't know how the captaincy is going to end up working out but this is the marquee name yeah and and just how big aaron hurd can be is uh so the the three big players to graduate from the union academy recently would be mark mckenzie uh brendan aronson and uh paxton aronson and uh he's I think the expectations for, for Aaron would be higher than McKenzie and um, maybe on between Paxton and Brendan Aronson. That's the type of player expectation um, and hype he's, he's kind of getting. Uh, and he was really the next number one player that was going to be coming through the Union Academy for the Union um, after Paxton, who's now with the first team. So. Uh, their losses are gained, so uh, it's really exciting. Um, so I think we'll be seeing St. Louis City's name on a um, press release from U.S. Soccer with the U-17 call-ups up, call this fall. So uh, maybe we'll even see Josh Josh Mar on there as well, and maybe a guy like uh, Delkis or... 
Yeah, well, I, I don't think Glover, well, Glover is with the U-17s listed, yeah. so yeah, maybe maybe Glover he's too. The, so. He's the young gun if you're going to pick a young gun. Yeah, he was with the uh, U-14s last year. Well, there's a name that we're probably going to mention a few times tonight, uh, David Kerr. Yeah. And one of his many articles, I mean, nationally renowned um, youth national team journalist. Uh, so a lot of the information comes from his scouting, his information, and one of the things that he had said, alluding to what you were saying regarding the Union's Academy, is that he is the most talented player in the Union's Academy, and this was as of two years ago. So the hyperbole, I don't think, I mean, it's going to get out of hand, I'm sure, until we see him on the pitch, but there are some pretty incredible things that that is being said about, about Aaron, and I, I think I read that he... He lines up, or he's uh, slotted as a number eight. So yeah. that's that that box to box midfielder. So that's that's the guy who can control the tempo, the the playmaker, makes things happen. You know, there are highlights on YouTube. He he can control the ball and make the smart pass. You know, that's that's the that's the kind of player that we're going to get with him. Has the athleticism to press, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to be important to um, our kind of a team. Uh, David's quote on Twitter was the real gem in the new MLS Academy. And on, on you know, he quote tweeted um, Aaron Hurd's uh, announcement. He says, one of three premier talents in this U17 team, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And then all the fun stuff came below, right? Stuart, you were part of that. Yeah, but definitely put St. Louis City SC Academy uh, on the radar and on the spotlight. Uh, more players may be interested in coming here. Getting one of the one of the great prospects uh, in the United States definitely is good for the academy. Uh, what I'm interested in is what motivated him to come here. Let's get to that. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my foot in here because I did want to say right before that um, that I, you mentioned Matt that. Um, that it's so good that we're going outside of our own region to go get people because it's like the MLS thing to do, right? It's to go steal the best talent from wherever it is, even if it's someone else's homegrown uh, territory. And to me, that means that uh, we've got St. Louis SC. How many times do you get a European uh, sporting director into a club that makes all the wrong moves? Let's look at what like Miami's doing right now. Clearly, Lutz has one idea right, right? He's doing one crazy idea that some people don't catch on to in MLS and that's to steal players from whatever region it needs to be at a young age right so that to me like says that they'll probably figure out some of this gam and tam business the DPs the young DPs that are now available like there's so many stupid rules and hopefully they're scouring scouring that that rule book to not uh, mess it up again like like Miami did Um, but sorry uh, Santiago let's get back to what you were saying um, in that um how did we get him? Another announcement happened today, and that is Stephen Goff announced Aaron Hurd, a former standout midfielder with Bethesda SC and Philadelphia Union, has turned up in St. Louis, blah, blah, blah. Multiple sources say he is slated to eventually sign with Bayer Leverkusen. STL's sporting director and academy boss are both German, right? And so... <laughs> One could allude that perhaps uh, they went to Aaron Hurd and said, hey, we have contacts in Germany. Would you like to play in Germany? We can make that happen. All you got to do is move to St. Louis, right? I mean, that's a lot of conjunction. That's a lot of connecting dots that aren't necessarily there. Um, And so that's me talking, right? But that's a possibility. All we maybe should talk about is that Bayer Leverkusen, has some connection to St. Louis FC, uh, St. Louis City SC. That's pretty cool. 
and and it's not just a connection it's multiple like you can start drawing multiple dotted lines from places you could use the the german connection between lutz and and andy schumacher uh, but while they didn't directly play for or coach or, or have any technical role with Leverkusen, do they have contacts with them? Like, we could start looking into that. But then there's the higher level. Then there's the business side things. Then there's the, the St. Louis. There's the Bayer. There's the the Taylor contacts over there. You, you under, There is a pre-existing relationship there on some level. Um you know, you, you start to you start to guess about these things. You you read things on social media. There are there was an image, potentially two years ago at this point, of Chrissy Taylor out taking photos with a, a Leverkusen jersey that says St. Louis That's 04 right. on it. I mean that that kind of thing now comes back into play. Of how long ago were talks uh, actual? How long were these in discussions for you? What was being discussed and. And now how much has that progressed? And, and where could we yeah. do about that? And if they do an announcement of a, an official cooperation, do they announce a stadium naming right deal on the same day, part of the package? A lot of interesting, uh, exciting possibilities there. Uh, and what kind of partnership could that be? You know, it, is it as, it, it would never, I could, couldn't imagine it's as far as a Red Bulls or City Oh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. But when you're talking about about like a specific club agreement, um, you you know, I think those are valid questions and I would hope that it wouldn't be as direct as that, but it could have, could be more of a, and this is where I, I took the herd thing is that maybe that's, um, maybe that's a pipeline for a player and that's the level of agreement we have. Or, or if you, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a first rights thing. Is it going to be a direct pipeline? That's where the the German connection is. I don't. I can't see Lutz agreeing to kind of limit that kind because of, he's all about transferring players and growing there and develop, developing them to Europe. Can't imagine we would ever be limited to a single club. I no. I, I would certainly hope not because that would limit us to well being a feeder club primarily. And uh, you, we're, we want to sell players, and you want your 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 guys to go on to bigger and better things, and there are bigger and better leagues than MLS. Um, but really, <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I mean that with all respect. But uh, I, devil's in the details, and I hope they have a maybe more of a similar, uh, but maybe a little more involved relationship like uh, Fairnude does with. Uh, STLC Scott Gallagher right now, which is there's coaches that from uh, Fairnude and Roma that come over to St. Louis a few times a year, uh, and then players go over and trial. So maybe Leverkusen comes over and they bring a couple scouts and they watch the guys and they're like, okay, we'll see him for two years from now. So they are getting not first right of refusal, but they're getting the first looks. Um, it's, it's networking. Yeah, and and. Yeah, and you know you're you're Leverkusen scout, and you meet the family of uh, Caden Glover, and you kind of make that networking, that personal connection, or or something. Who who knows how that could work out? But obviously, MLS academies are the hot target of especially Bundesliga clubs right now. So. I think it's a smart, whatever is going to be announced, it's going to be a smart decision by Leverkusen. Um, I honestly kind of thought it was going to be Hoffenheim 
mm, originally would be something with with Lutz's connection there. Or even where to Bremen would would make sense with the Sargent connection, but um, I think Bremen's in a little bit of a mess at the moment. But and maybe it's all maybe it's kind of a, a one-off thing with Aaron Hurd, and and it started on the business side. So my conspiracy theory is that it, it's a business side relationship where you have the the Bayer connection, and you know maybe you have an event, maybe around Christmas time. I don't know where it's you have the Bayer Stadium announcement, and then at the same time it's the relationship to. Uh, Leverkusen, where it's a, a coaching uh, type of a deal, or you don't directly announce that Aaron Hurd's going to Leverkusen. That's that would be silly, but you know there's the implication that comes with uh, some kind of a, a a sponsorship deal with with Bayer, and maybe that's how it develops. I, and it could be it could be my my thought is it could be like a business side thing that's bleeding over into the sporting. Maybe that's how we lure. I don't want to say lured. Maybe that's how we. Um, we negotiated with with Aaron, and that was a part of it. You know, there, there's all it, kinds of different ways to see this. Yeah, I think that's a definite possibility. A, a guy with his pedigree, and uh, you, I, I initially thought of uh, Kayo, who went to uh, shoot. Where did he end up in Bundesliga? But he Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg, but he had a, a deal worked out with Wolfsburg apparently when he was 16, or they had a handshake agreement. Haj Wright had a uh, handshake agreement with Schalke when he was uh, 16, and that's why he went to um, Cosmos. Oh, he went to Cosmos Sorry, for a yeah. year. Um, and there, there are a few other ones like that. So it seems to be a kind of thing that uh, German clubs like to do. And to my knowledge, Aaron Hurd doesn't have any access to a, a European passport, so. He will be here, I would assume, through 2023, but he might be gone after that. Wasn't the rumor two and a half years? That's what uh, Stephen Goff said. So that that puts us in the middle of 2024, which could set Aaron up for 24-25 season with Leverkusen? Yeah, he could be a... uh, You imagine maybe he transfers January 2024, and he starts out with Leverkusen's second team for three months. But and at then the same time, 2024 in the fall season, he gets a crack at the first team. And so then you backtrack a little bit, and that tells you he could have. I mean, there's the potential there for the 2023 first academy player to play for St. Louis City SC in MLS be Aaron Hurd. So he plays I, for us for a year, get that MLS experience, and then works his way over. And it's the exact pipeline that Lutz has always talked about. Lutz said there's going to be several guys from this roster who are going yeah. to play. And I think that's accurate. Um, out of the six goaltenders, given Tim Kelly's uh, amazing uh, history, I would expect a couple of them, uh, one certainly at least, to play professionally. Uh, and then obviously Josh, maybe Delkis, Ferguson. Um, there's there's a lot of guys on there who could make a. And when I say play professionally, they might only you know make a couple appearances, but they put on the shirt for a few minutes. So we're not talking about you know uh, these guys starting every week. So a couple of them might start some games in 2023, but maybe not. But they will they will be felt, I'm sure. Well, I mean, we were just talking about sporting Kansas City not wanting to start their guys because it was too tight, right? I mean, there may be moments where we have to use them, even if we don't want to, you know. You never know. It's going to be really exciting when that kind of thing happens. I mean, we will have the Open Cup 
So there, there are yeah. opportunities beyond Good league point. play. Yeah, I mean, every MLS team, the first round of Open Cup, throws a million kids on the field, and why shouldn't they? Right? Yeah, we might have League's Cup in 2023. And, uh, Give it to us. <laughs> Santi <laughs> saw how that worked out yeah, a couple days ago. So. Bring it, since nobody wants to play. Bring it to St. Louis. Yeah, you know? We'll take it from you, Peter. That's fine. <laughs> um, the last thing about that... <laughs> I always forget the phrase, but uh, whatever. We don't know if we have to give any money to get Aaron Hurd as far as, um, I call them dibs, right? So what are those called? Some imaginary money, yeah. maybe? Discovery rights? Discovery rights, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if we own the discovery rights on Aaron Hurd. Uh, but, but if we do now, that'd be figure, interesting. you figure those would have cost something. So yes. have we seen our first GAM transaction? Yeah. That's Most a question likely. we need to ask. So let's put that on the list. I'm going to well, yeah, get maybe. a list going. Well, but they didn't announce for first person I thought about was uh, Caden Cowell was uh, part of Minnesota United's territory. And he there was some, you know, MLS tomfoolery with transferring that over to New York Red Bulls. But they paid for him. Yeah, yeah. But it was uh, kind of it, it was in the works before they announced it. Mm hmm. Um, so I'm sure we're going to see something like that. And with Caden Cowell, he went to New York Red Bulls because he's getting signed by Salzburg. Right. Um, or actually, I think he might be going straight to uh, to Leipzig. Um, but yeah, that's I mean that's the benefit that Red Bulls get sometimes with with that. But they aren't getting a super competitive club this year. Yeah, that's why right. I don't want us to have that kind for, of relationship. For being, for being a New York a club in New York City or New York city you know area uh they should be a marquee club and the fact that they're they're not is um, pretty sad when I mean, you've got both new york teams as feeders for larger corporations yeah it's it's, it's really not a good it's look a, it's bad for the league i agree actually and, and unfortunately even dallas who you want to see do well like they're doing badly because they sold too many kids i think you know, when when you rely on academy kids and then you sell so many of them, it's hard to recover. I don't I know. If Dallas that's true. Dallas is a, a cautionary tale for us. Like we're we're hyped about what our academy is looking like, and yeah. we think it's it's going well, and we our coaches have great pedigrees. I think the disconnect in Dallas is showing to be they can develop their their kids, but they can't put a first team on the pitch that's highly competitive. And I think that's the disconnect we don't want to ever fall into. They're also being criticized for buying terrible players here and there. Yeah, I, I think on the professional side, that's more of the issue. On the academy yeah. side, I think they're doing everything just about right. But they're and totally different mindsets. Like one need, one is supposed to be competitive with their on the field and they're supposed to like win matches. The other is supposed to develop players and turn them, you know, produce them and sell them on like that's part of the goal with that so that's part of our goal too yeah. we just can't and that's where i go i think last week i said or a couple weeks ago i want us to hire an mls head coach like mm -hmm. an mls experienced head coach so he and knows how to unions in the union system so yeah uh, who knows but I, I mean mls has to change their their transfer money rules also so yeah Yep. You know, it's Dallas is selling these guys. They're going to sell Pepe for $20 million when he goes in the in the summer, in the fall. Mm -hmm. uh, they so, I mean, Jonathan Gomez. Should have gone for much higher. Um, yeah. He should yeah. have gone for much higher, but he left the Dallas uh, Academy because he wanted first team minutes and he wanted to go to, to Europe. So you have to strike a balance because these, I mean, MLS in the past has held on too strongly 
and not let some guys go. And you want to keep your guys, but at some point you, you kind of do have to sell them. So. And the thing that we're going to get have to get into is that it as the single entity, it's not just the club. It's the league looking out for the clubs, looking out for the, the best interest of the league too. DK is a good example of that, mm-hmm. where Garber came out and said, there's a 20 million price for him. Which well, should not have seems been the role. Kind of, it seems a backfire. Well, I mean, he immediately had a, a poor showing at the Gold Cup, but that should have never been the role of the league commissioner. No, that's, not that's, at all. I, I hope that changes over time. I don't know. So I don't know if it or why it would, but I don't like that. It's gonna be hard to break. Um, uh, these are fun conversations. I think we'll have a lot more of them. So I think we'll move on for tonight. Um, well, yeah. We'll be talking about that kind of thing a lot. Let's move on to, this is a big one. This is going to take a lot of time tonight because everybody's done a lot of research on this. Uh, Everyone in the room except me has done a lot of research on this part, and I'm excited to hear about it. Where did everyone in these two academies that were announced today, where did they come from? Uh, All over the city from a lot of different academies. San Diego, I know you, you do know about this one for sure, so why don't you get us started on your account? Well, we were talking about it before the show, and it looks like everybody has different counts. But um, yeah, I just looking at uh, some players played in different teams, so I, I just picked the last team that was listed. But uh, obviously, heavy on the Lou Fuse and St. Louis FC, Scott Gallagher, uh, which uh, I was thinking about it like you have to start somewhere. It's not like besides the academies, you have these 16, 17 years old sitting around and that are very talented at soccer. You have to start somewhere, so I understand, like, yeah, it makes sense that a lot of these players are coming from the established academies in St. Louis. Hopefully, down the road, uh, when there is a U14, U15, um, you get more players from the city and uh, move away from the traditional academies. But uh, you have to start somewhere. This is the best talent that um, we have in St. Louis. Uh, but just looking at some numbers, just based on the way I, um, I made my assumptions that the last club listed was the last club they play at. The U17s, um, 32% of the players uh, from Lou Fuse, uh, 25% from St. Louis FC Academy. And on the U16 side, uh, 30% from uh, Scott Gallagher and 39% from St. Louis FC. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. That's San Diego's numbers. Now, you guys have spreadsheets. Everyone's done a different count. Uh, Matt, what did you come up with? So one of the hard parts that we were talking about is the fact that, and you can see this on the player profiles on on the website now, so many players played for different academies and different schools. And so there are a handful of players who are credited to both uh, Lou Fuse, Scott Gallagher, Harrison Engel is a good example. He's credited to Lou Fuse, Sporting St. Louis, and Webster Groves. So, I mean, you've got high school, two clubs. I mean, that, that, so when you get into counts of how many played for Gallagher, how many played for Fuse, how many played for JB, how many played for a high school, you're going to have overlaps. Mm-hmm. Um, Gallagher tweeted out one of their accounts tweeted out uh, the number 33 so they're they're crediting 33 of their alumni now play for City um, so I, and 
and I think I think that makes sense. So Santi's point is it, perfectly spot on that you have to start somewhere. And this goes back to when we first found out about the first invite trials. So there were there were three types of trials that we talked about. Santi, you, you'd mention them. It was um, it was invite, it was scouting, mm-hmm. and it was open trials. Yep. So those are the three mechanisms that these players were signed. And as far as your invites, we saw from the we talked about it the the PR debacle of all the white <laughs> kids who were who were in those images. Well, that was an invite trial, and we either assumed or at that point it was Lou Fuse mostly. So we know for a fact that Fuse was invited, uh, can assume that Gallagher kids were invited, but with the, the with the clubs in St. Louis, that's how it should be. If you're gonna have invite trials, you invite the known best players. So it makes sense. The scoutings, I think, um, that's where you see some of the high school players. Uh, Francis Howell was in there. Uh, there, I think there were some Farmington. Other yeah, Farmington was in there. So I, I think, and we know, again, you remember all the steps that led us up to this. Um, Vin and Lutz traveling the entire region uh, back when the pandemic was first starting and we had no access to anything. We couldn't watch anything, but they were traveling and they were social distance watching players play. So clearly some fruits of that labor were born. And, and then you get into the open trials of the city publicly said five players from the open trials, which means to me, at least there is no relation to a club. Um, these are the kids who didn't have that top tier or maybe access to any of that. And, and they were on. So I think it, I think all of that together, the numbers make sense. Um, and from what we would expect and even further to that a little bit, and I'm kind of curious what Stu thinks about this one. Almost an epiphany, kind of a thought before we started recording that years ago, we always wanted St. Louis FC to be the the feeder club or, or the club. If it wasn't going to be the club, we wanted it to be the feeder club. That's how we, we wanted it to play out with the pyramid. We remember that. So what that actually means, though, is that the players who play for St. Louis FC would then be able to rise through the pyramid, I'm using my hand motions, rise through the pyramid to be the top tier St. Louis City in MLS. We're re- realistically and practically, we are getting that, but we're getting it by City taking the best players from the clubs that we originally wanted to be the feeder clubs and just making, making it all in-house uh, part of their internal pyramid. So from a, from a player pool perspective, from a talent perspective, we're getting what we always wanted it, but we're getting it in a vastly different way than we thought it would play out. So I just find that really interesting. Yeah. I want to come back to that. Go ahead, Stu. I, to, to track back slightly about the uh, uh, the players joining and where they, they came from, there was a comment on Facebook, and obviously take any sort of Facebook comments with a massive amount of salt as far as just how terrible they usually are, but uh, some some guy posted about how you only lo- or something like you only looked at two clubs then or or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, are you serious? <laughs> Lutz was watching uh, Northwestern High School JV games for like three months, not and uh, and Fox High School. You know, junior high. I mean, the dude watched everything. He 
He certainly saw saw everything. So that comment to me encompassed you haven't been paying attention. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it, it easily could have been a parent who had a kid at the tryouts and got mm. upset his kid didn't get. That's possible. I mean, who knows? Or whatever. We're you. You should never go to Facebook comments for any sort of um, uh, actual source and good information. It's good flyover footy content, though. It, it amused me, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. I uh, I held off on replying, but I was tempted to briefly. I mean, to Matt's point, yeah, they basically took the cream of the crop. I mean, I can't imagine Scott Gallagher is terribly happy with if it is the 33 per number is accurate, if you want to say that. That's, you know two-thirds of the U16, mm-hmm. U17 teams are direct Scott Gallagher guys, STLFC guys. Um, that's certainly going to put them in a pinch. Um, part of the balance that City will have to strike is maintaining some sort of good relations because there's so much politics that go in, in the youth soccer level and uh, these teams are all kind of vying for players who are vying for playing time, and they want to. They now want to play for the academy, but they also were vying for, you know, college scholarships. And there's a lot of money on the line um, at the end of the day for a lot of this. Um, so, 33 is the number from Scott Gallagher. We've seen uh, 12 from Lou Fuse is kind of what I saw. Few from JB Marine, Farmington High School has one or two, I think two. Um, and then there are a few oddballs that were randomly out there. Like uh, one one of the goalkeepers, was it Parker Brown or was it? Uh, uh, Parker Brooks. Parker Brooks. From, yeah. There's Parker Brooks. I think he's from North Carolina, North Carolina. Uh-huh. and the other keeper is from Robert Juventus. Martinez. Robert Martinez from Juventus and Miami. So Would you like to think we poached him from Inter Miami's academy because that's so. fun to think. Inter Miami is just. <laughs> I think they have an academy, right? Maybe. Oh, they do. Okay. They do, but Inter Miami is an interesting one because they basically took, uh, I think, the th- three three big youth clubs down there and just kind of mashed them together, mm. and it sounds like. Uh, they ruffled a lot of feathers down there. So they pulled a Scott Gallagher on the MLS level? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, basically. Oh, uh, so, but, but if you look at Inter-Miami's uh, roster, if their academy roster, if you look and see former clubs on there, it's, yeah, basically like three former clubs. Two, mostly one and a half that they drew most of their guys from, and then there's a smattering in there. So probably not super uh, too far off of what we're doing, but I mean, we we got Tim Kelly, who's an incredible goaltending coach from, from St. Louis FC. I mean, Luis, we all know he is incredible quality, former Guatemalan international. Just having him involved makes me feel better. And we'll see what uh, Schumacher brings to the table. I mean, it's but one other thing, uh, City can go a long way in having goodwill with other clubs, depending on how, you know, when, when say, Josh Marr gets sold to 
uh, Schalke when they return to the Bundesliga in three years. And uh, he goes for $10 million. Uh, hopefully, City will return some of the goodwill by giving training compensation, which they're not required to do, mm-hmm. to Scott Gallagher on that. Um, Lutz has talked about it, talked about training compensation in the past. Garber has talked about training compensation, but it seems to be only between MLS academies currently. Mm, yes. It's uh, like an opt-in, right? They, they can choose to do it if they, because we've seen one or two examples where clubs have, have it, talked about it before. It seems like a good short-term option that harms MLS and soccer development long-term. Yeah. Um, and hopefully... City will will do the right thing in my mind and give training compensation to to the you know guys who are joining in that they're if you want to use the word poaching from from other areas. Long term, I can't think of a better way to show that you're about the St. Louis soccer community than doing that. For yeah. sure, for sure. Didn't you talk to Lutz a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he said this is something we need to fix in this country. He said we need. Um, you know, well, it's going to be put up or shut up in a couple of years because, and, and I mean that in the nicest way. But we we have so many talented kids that have come from St. Louis FC or Scott Gallagher and from Lou Fuse. So you're going to hit on one or more of them as far as um, MLS and sell-ons. So, and I I do think that's why I asked him that question because you look at the model that they came out. I mean, they basically came out and straight up said. We're taking all the best players. We don't, you know, we don't care where they're from. Our model is that someone else develops them up to the age of thirteen, mm-hmm. and then we're taking the best of those, right? And so, at that point, St. Louis Scott Gallagher should have said, "Oh God, we're about to get gutted." Because I mean, what else was going to happen? Like, they should be upset. It's really hard to deal with what's happening right now. But I'm looking at. I, so I talked to a former St. Louis FC employee today. I was like, man, is today bittersweet or are you mad? Like, how do you feel? And he was like, listen, I'm really excited. He said what you said. He's like, I'm so happy to see TK. I'm so happy, Luis. Right. We can be happy for these guys. We're really glad that City is bringing in these guys that have um, that are quality St. Louis Scott Gallagher guys. So that means like they value what that academy has been doing. Right. Um and he was like, listen, there's that MLS draw. Like, you can't avoid that. Mm-hmm. And I personally, I didn't say this to him, but I said, to be fair, one is a pay-to-play model. The other one is free. On a money level, what are they going to choose, right? What makes more sense? Who's giving back to the kids more, right, in that situation? As a father, who are you going to pick, right? Um, and so... It's something that was just going to happen, and I will say that this guy said, I just wish it was streamlined, right? I wish it was like, we all saw this coming. I just wish that it was, everybody was on board, right? Because we know how the chips are going to fall at this point, how the dominoes are going to tip. I just wish everybody would kind of get on board and be like, okay, we know this is the way it's going to go. Um, and, and again, to go back to what I asked Lutz, I looked at the model, I thought, how do you get that streamlined? How do you? How is this peaceful, right? How is this not a civil war in, in a three, four-way civil war in St. Louis? Solidarity payments is the only answer, in my opinion. But it's it's <laughs> tough. It 
so streamlining it kind of implies that the other clubs are going to be feeders. To me, to me, it does. But Isn't that what he said though? Isn't that what his well, model I'm is? About, like the conversation you were having with the the Gallagher SLFC employee, like that. That to me, when it says, "I wish things were more streamlined," to me, that implies like there is a specific path from Gallagher to City, or for, and there's an expectation that's that's there for everybody. But the problem that I have is that in the MLS Next League, you have a City team, you have a Gallagher team, and you have a Fuse team competing against each other in the same age ranges. So inherently with that, you're going to want to keep your best players to compete at that level. So Fuse has a U17, uh, STLFC or Gallagher has a U17, and City has a U17. Well, City is now, we've seen, taking the best of the best, per, uh, seemingly the best of the best. So I can see Gallagher being frustrated in that, but at the same time, there's a competition going on. Yeah. So there's there's a collaboration, there's a coaching, I'm sure there's there's a relationship that's there between those, because like you said, Swisher and Kelly are with City, and so there's that history, there's that, that more or less friendship there, collaboration, cooperation, whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, on the pitch, for who you're wanting to put out there, you're competing against each other to put the best talent and to have the best players under your umbrella. So I, I can see a, a semblance of streamlining that, but at the end of the day, Gallagher wants to field the best U17s that they can, and they're in direct competition with City to keep those players. And I'll just argue that this is great competition. I hope someone, everyone's listening to this and forming their own uh, opinions of this. Uh, I think the argument to that is Lou Fuse and Scott Gallagher competed for years, right? And one was definitely viewed as the better team, right? And so, and I talked to Jeremy Allenball about that. I was like, what is your relationship? Because I assumed it was dirty, right? I assumed it was ugly. And he's like, we're fine. You know, like, yeah, there's competition. There's, you know, a little bit of we're going to take from you. You know, it's it's going to get a little bit weird. But he said they were fine. Like, I do think just because I don't think that just because we're competing on the same level doesn't mean um, that we can't, you know, have this streamlined option. I think the two can exist together. Um, but I do admit that I think human nature makes that a lot more difficult than I'm making it sound when I say that, of course. And ultimately, I think it's going to be that same kind of a thing, where there's going to be a public perception of who's better based on what league you're playing in, what, what, uh, and who you have that eventually goes on to do bigger and better things. Like, to me, Gallagher, and I have not been a long, like, history, historical St. Louis soccer fan. I don't date back to the 90s. To me, Gallagher is huge because they've developed the best players in the area. And so they're known worldwide for developing mm-hmm. the Josh Sargents, the Tim Reams. Lou Fuse doesn't have that pedigree to their name. They're a fantastic organization who do great things for the community, develop great players. But on that national global landscape, that's not where they are mm-hmm. yet, potentially. I mean, in MLS Next, you never know who they're going to end up recruiting to send on. But I see that same kind of a thing developing with City, Gallagher, and Fuse. Is there's going to be friendly rivalry, I hope. But more or less an understanding that, okay, kids are going to choose City because it's free to play and they have more exposure. They're going to face better competition if they can make it to that next level, that LDL level, the MLS uh, 2 league, reserve league, and then on to MLS. So once, like, there's a better pathway, a bigger pathway that they could go into if they're kind of accepted into that. So they're going to be looking at that from a player perspective. And again, like the term solidarity, like it, if Lutz feels what he feels about solidarity payments, if 
um, there is any kind of bitterness about losing someone like Josh Mayer and all these other players, um, you know, two-thirds of your U16 or U15 team, my God, they've got to be angry right now. But let's say they hand them a $300,000 check when one of them goes. At that point, do you think we can make this work? You know, I don't know if even that's enough, right? Um, but um, I hope, I guess as a St. Louis fan, as someone who's enjoyed the Academy, I'm massive St. Louis Scott Gallagher fan. Uh, I may even root for them against City often, to be honest, and wear the blue and green because, God, it's in my heart, right? And as I just want them to get along. I want it to be peaceful. I want it to be to work together for the betterment of the city and St. Louis soccer. And so I hope it works out. I don't know how. Um, in my mind, solidarity date payments might be our best hope for that. I, I think that's it. And, and to me, that's when, like, we're, we're going to see it. We're going to be speculating forever. But honestly, like, I'll, I'll just say Josh Mayer is the answer. So I, I see Josh Mayer as the first person with the biggest chance right now, based on everything we've seen, mm-hmm. to make it to... P- I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse, but to make it to Europe. If that happens, then we'll see if all of the talk leads to a solidarity payment or some kind of compensation to Gallagher. And and if it doesn't happen, then we're going to have a different, a much different conversation than if it does. Yeah, I will say the um, the biggest loser right now is definitely Todd Yeagley and Indiana University, who probably just uh, lost. <laughs> for sure. Probably just lost nine players in their next Shoot. next uh, four. Is the pipeline broken? Uh, I think this will at least break it for a while. Though I think it just got skinnier. It, it got skinnier. <laughs> Holes were poked in it. Yeah. There's a few of these guys who still might end up there, but yeah. they're yeah, they might, for sure. They um. Yeah, no, it's definitely changed his situation a lot. So that'll be interesting. Maybe. Uh, I love that. Obviously, he has five starters from. St. Louis FC over there and has had a huge amount of teams. So maybe uh, maybe Josh doesn't join Joey and Jack at Indiana. Maybe he does. I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Uh, what will come before Josh, though? And this actually hurts me as I think about it. I just randomly had this thought. If we want to give money to Scott Gallagher, uh, the first money might have to go to Philadelphia Union. Uh, <laughs> is- or Bethesda, hopefully, right? I don't know. But if Aaron Hurd goes, it's, are we going to give them money? That hurts more to me. That may be already in the books, and we don't know about it. Yeah, right. Who knows? I think, if I had to guess, uh, when you buy discovery rights with your GAM, I don't know that you're necessarily entitled. If you take the GAM and you're being paid off, I don't know that you're entitled mm. to sell on compensation. I like that. That's good. That'll be a fun one. If yeah. that's not true, then it sounds really good and sounds like something legitimate that could be part of the MLS. Yes, yeah. you hear that PR department in St. Louis City. I yeah. see. We're that's a good one to throw out there. We're definitely going to have to have a podcast with Professor Matt, Professor Stewart, to talk about Gam and oh Tam and all of those things. You need to hire Matt as a consultant. <laughs> this is good stuff here. I hope the union are investing their Gam. <laughs> Um, there is so much more we could say. This is all I had in my notes. Do we want to say anything else about, uh, else about the Academy? There's so many cool kids. I thought the announcement was really nice. Like, every single player got a feature today, right? On Instagram yeah. and Twitter or whatever, on the website. Shout out to Dan Doling. That was some amazing, that was some amazing work. And I saw that after that was put out there, 
the uh, some of the kids change their profiles to show it. It's, it's almost like like a trading card to me. Yeah. Like every single one of those profiles where you have the picture, you've got the position, the hometown, and the club that they're with. U seventeen, U sixteen. That it's a trading card to me. Oh. And the idea the idea that I had uh, that I was telling you guys about before. <laughs> We've heard City talk about doing all these digital things and these fun things, these um, NFTs that you can create and then sell physical copies of. So, Seebeck, if you're listening, NFT trading cards of each one of those academy But players. how does that affect profiting off of a likeness and the new NCAA rules? Does any of that mm. apply to MLS? Uh, they are very NCAA is super strict on uh, amateur. Yeah, you're right. amateurism. Protecting their well, amateur status. The, um, the NILs are free or fair game though now, right? I I don't know exactly how it how it attaches to. If I was any of the kids, I would be uh, or parents of the kids, I would be very uh, asking for that payday. Very wet. Well, payday, or I'd be wary on not accidentally stepping over rules. I mean, NCAA is uh, strict enough that you can train with professionals um, if you're in an NCAA, like if you're at Indiana University and you come back for the uh, spring or summer and you're training with uh, SDLC, you can run drills. You can't scrimmage, Mm. though. Uh... I believe you can't scrimmage. Especially you against do, certain teams of certain levels, even NCAA teams. Yeah, you can't do competitive matches of any kind. They, they even restrict what kind of practicing you can do with, with professionals. Wow. So uh, I tried to pick Jeremy's brain on that a few years ago. Um, so did I. I got confused. But uh, NCAA is, is full of pitfalls on that. So if it was the NFT thing, I think it's a great idea, but I don't know what the NIL... There are some weird rules, and yes, I did bring my computer here because there's a lot going on. There are some He's weird ready. rules with MLS Next and collegiate requirements. Like, they have to get sign-off, um, approval, players in MLS Next have to have sign-off, otherwise they can't participate in MLS Next uh, while participating in their collegiate programs. So, there, I mean, there's probably a lot that, that's going into that. Yeah. It may make the whole thought of trading cards and selling and all that stuff a little more than is worth it. It's a fun idea, though. It's too bad Stuart had to trample all over it. God. (laughs) Um, One thing I wanted to say, too, to go just for a hair of a second, um, to go back to um, the good relationship with the other academies in the region. I was talking to Matt Ralph today. I don't think this was on air. We were talking about, he was like, yeah, and every time, you know, I asked him, what does Union do when they get uh, players from other academies? He's like, oh, we totally, we, we get them, we poach them, whatever. Um, and he was like, you know, it's really unfortunate they never put the club they got them from um, mm. when they make the announcement. And I was like, oh, I bet that happens today. I bet they don't put the club on there. Every single bio for every single player had every single club they had played for. And I thought that was great. I thought that was at least uh, something better than Philly was doing in that regard. So that's something, right? We can be positive about that. Yeah, that's really positive. CDSC showing different things, um, announcing uh, the clubs and all of that. One thing I was excited about when I was looking at the names uh, was seeing uh, some uh, Hispanic names. Um, So uh, I look at some names and ask some questions. so the U17 has uh, 
three uh, players of Hispanic heritage, one uh, Bosnian and one from Nepal. And the U16 has uh, one of Hispanic heritage, two from two uh, Bosnian heritage, and one uh, Trinidad and Tobago. I'm going to bring it right back to you, Santiago. Um, so that leads us to our next question. Uh, Lou Boys SC podcast uh, sent us a, a kind of a question today. He said, "Would like to hear your guys' take on the seeming lack." of inner city representation players slash players from not from other elite academies slash teams um but let's talk about that city representation a lot are listed as st louis i don't know how many are from the city perhaps you know the bosnian or latinos we don't know that, for sure. yeah that i'm not that's sure. something to ask but um that's gonna be a challenge right like and i was even thinking as you were listing those i was like you know what that's somewhat representative of our community mm-hmm. except for the african-americans i mean it's yeah totally lacking um but I don't know. What do you think about that, Santiago? Yeah, no. I think it will. It will take time. Like uh, you have to start somewhere. Um, you are starting your U sixteen, U seventeen academies, and you have to start with the talent that is there. Uh, my hope is that when uh, we go to the U fourteen, U fifteens, we see more diversity, more kids from the city, more representation of what St. Louis is about, and. I'm sure that's in the back of St. Louis City's minds. Uh, they know they have to get more diverse, get more kids from the city, but you have to start somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely. It's something they, you know, I think I think they do care about. And so we don't have to get upset yet by any means. Um, I kind of hope that at some point we find out who the open trialists were, whether it's, it's from... It's on my list, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, I, you know, if, if given the opportunity, I'll ask, I'll ask the club, but... I'm really curious because um, we, you know, we've got lists of who came from what clubs. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they received an invite. Mm-hmm. So it could have been during the open trial. So you, there could be people attributed to Gallagher, Fuse, or JB that made the club because of an open trial as opposed to being invited. You never really know. And, yeah. and the St. Louis, Missouri thing was definitely interesting because mailing addresses are a little wonky in unincorporated St. Louis County <laughs> right. here. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't think you can necessarily assume that all those St. Louis, Missouri's came from the city. Although I think there, there definitely are, there have to be a few. And some of them, I guarantee from what we were looking at are candidates for open trials. Either they have a noticeable gap from a club like Gallagher, or they don't have an affiliation or they have only a high school listed so, so you have some guesses, right? Some guesses, yeah. I think one of my favorite things about these open tryouts and the closed tryouts, invitation, and um, all the all the ways of scouting that someone could have come in. Uh, you think about like the St. Louis soccer politics and how many of these kids are moving clubs between JB Marine, Lou Fuse, and St. Louis Scott Gallagher because they feel like they're getting screwed over by politics, right? And I'm sure that's at least one or two, if not more. Um, St. Louis City doesn't quite have the politics yet. I like to think of this team, these two teams, as like perhaps the least political teams in St. Louis history, maybe, you know, mm. in the last 50 years at least, right? Uh, because they don't know, there's no, there's no politics yet, right? There's just, let's look at these players and try to find the best. This could be the most pure team we'll, we'll ever have, perhaps. I don't know, I think about that sometimes. I'm kind of interested to see 
where the the 15s and the 14s come from too are these is it going to be more of the same is it going to be continuing to poach or to right. take the the top talent from the existing clubs are we going to see some of that um and, and then maybe maybe it's going to take a, a year or two to see wh- where the under 14s or the under 13s come from because they have i think it's called the center of excellence or whatever it is the lowest lowest rung of the pyramid where it's called, it's the u7 to u13s where it's like satellite center i think it's satellite mm-hmm. centers Satellite. So the satellite centers, how that's going to stand up, because that you you figure next year we'll get the 15s and 14s, and I would expect more of the same type of, of ratio, where you're maybe getting like 33% Gallagher or 20% Fuse, and you've got a handful of, maybe they have open trials for those age groups. Uh, I would kind of expect that similar, to at least to start up those teams. But then where does it go from there? Do you yeah. really see more identification internally where they, they may be playing for high schools, they may be playing for any of the slice of clubs around here, um, or how, how does that really boil out, and do we continue to take from the other top two clubs in the area? Because that's when the politics are really gonna start coming to play, I think. Is this going to be a, a long-standing thing of Gallagher develops somebody until they're 13 and then they go to City? Uh, is that? I mean, I'm interested to yeah. see where that goes long term. And the rosters are pretty big, so you're going to have guys who are with City, and they're not getting playing time, yeah. and they'll go to Gallagher's ECNL team mm. um, or the MLS Next team. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things will change, and uh, I mean, we could easily see plenty of the STLFC or guys that came from STLFC's U14 team, they might be eligible if they played down from the U16 team to the U15 team when it gets announced. I don't know if that was a thought or I don't know where the cutoff is on that. They might not be eligible to play, but if it comes to getting minutes, you that wouldn't surprise me if that's, uh, that's something that happens. I mean, typically you play up and not play down, so I don't know if if we'd see that but if it comes to getting minutes maybe that happens i don't know but so so mls next has some rules and they have some recommendations and there's an interesting um clause in their recommendations for league play where there's a what they call 25 percent minimum start recommendations and what it means is they it's not a requirement best i can tell but it says all U13 through U19 full-time MLS Next players, including goalkeepers, are recommended but not required to start in at least 25% of their club's MLS Next games during the season. Additionally recommended that the U13s through 15s participate in 50% of the minutes played each season in their age group. And there's a a player development uh, committee or so that reviews game minutes to make sure that that's closely adhered Mm. to. So 25% isn't a lot. You know, you're looking at what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that. So, as far as players getting minutes, I'm going to be interested to see how much, uh, you know, how much subs we use and how closely that aligns to getting every single player on those, all 28 players, that 25% at least. Yeah, 28 players is a lot, but now that you're bringing the 25%, it doesn't seem like. It, it, it looks like there could be minutes for everybody, but... Yeah, yeah at the same time, you want to keep some level of exactly, consistency. Like, yeah, like you want to keep the competition with, going yeah. and uh, have a competitive team. Like, if you are trying to spread minutes around, you may not get to that point. 
I love that you bring the rules in, Matt. Thank God you're here because I'm so bad at finding those. Um, that's good stuff. That's something to keep in mind. I think we should skip on to our final topic of the day, which is Josh Sargent to Norwich City. Real quick. Changing gears. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. One more interesting note. So we've talked about Gallagher, Fuse, all those different players. Um, so David Critchley had his own team at Fuse. And one not- notable um, fact, there were nine players from his Fuse team last year that now play for City. So he you get back to bringing the cream of the crop or having that relationship. Um, he clearly valued a lot of the players playing for him. And again, you can go back to were these invites, were these scouting. I don't know if it matters, those that distinction between invites and scouting, but nine players out of the 12 or so fuse came from Critchley's team. Is he a great coach and made them all that good? Or is it politics? <laughs> well, he's going to continue coaching all the other city yeah. academy players so hopefully he's a great coach we're gonna go with coach right now for sure uh, good stuff uh, Josh Sargent in Norwich City Stuart we're gonna go straight to you because you know the Premier League better than anyone else here probably uh, better than me or he knows the championship I know the right. championship right now yeah. well you get both because uh, you're a Fulham fan sorry man yeah, every other up and down. But, yeah, that, no. but that lines up with Norwich pretty well it That's does true. Uh, Norwich and Fulham have been trading spots in the Premier League for the last uh, five seasons I guess uh, but uh, no, uh, Norwich City could be a good, could be a good uh, landing spot for Josh. Uh, he's comes from the Bundesliga. Of he goes to a club that has a German coach. Um, so I'm sure he'll be a little bit comfortable there. Rashika um, is also transferred from Norwich City to or from. Uh, Bremen to North City, so he he's familiar with at least another player over there. Uh, North City lost Buendia, who's absolutely phenomenal player, um, and that was a big blow to them. But they might hold on to Cantwell, who's a good player for them. They brought in uh, Billy Gilmore on loan from Chelsea, yeah. and he's going to factor into their plans. They. They are rumored to be really close to bringing in a uh, 19-year-old Greek winger who's uh, got Greek national team experience. So they're, they're throwing around some money. Um, it's not the worst place for Josh. He's going to start off, I think, on the bench and kind of come in. Uh, uh, Farka said he would probably be used on the wings a lot. But Josh is really good at playing on the wings and sliding in and a, a a benefit for Norwich City and maybe not a benefit for Josh is he showed he's maybe the best defensive forward oh. of a, the top five leagues last year. His advanced metrics on tackles and, and hold up play and and uh, clearances and a lot of things were just, you know, like 90th percentile plus on compared to other forwards across, you know, Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, uh, Premier League, and um, I guess Premier League would be the fifth. But uh, Josh drives himself. He works hard. He has a hard work rate. So I think we'll probably see five to 600 minutes from Josh this year, maybe more. I would be happy with five to six goals and two to three assists 
maybe a little bit more, but um, he might be just used as a winger or a second striker kind of off the bench to start with. So we'll see. I Josh has a you know top flight potential in him still, so he's still 21. I mean, <laughs> he's got uh, 10 Bundesliga goals and 72 appearances, so he's a uh, He's got at least something there that's maybe not as good of a record as you'd like, but he's he's still got ten Bundesliga goals. Yeah. So Norwich usually lines up in a four-two-three-one. So what do you think the odds are that he takes the number nine, Pookie falls back, he starts off on the bench, and just eventually subs in for Pookie? Or they slide him in as a winger. I think it'll be the last two to start with, but Pookie's really, really good at making runs. But he also had an issue a couple of years ago with, uh, and I didn't watch Norwich much last year because Fulham was in the Premier League. Um, but Pookie had the issue a couple of years ago with he just kind of fell off as the season progressed, and he started off really well, and. Um, He's kind of old, isn't he? Isn't he in his 30s? I think he's 30. Early 30s, right? Early 30s, maybe yeah. 31, might be 32. He might be 30, but yeah, he's he's on the wrong side of 30. Um, I know it'll be his second stint in the Premier League. Yeah. He was with him last time they were up. Yeah. And um, he he's a good player. On paper, it looks like Norwich might have what it takes to stay up. And if Josh plays well, I think he'll certainly factor in their opportunity to stay up. So, If he goes out wide... Does that hurt him with the U.S. men's national team? Mm. No, I don't. I don't think so. But you also have um, Perfok just scored. Perfok, a, yeah. He just scored a, a brace for young boys, which obviously the league quality is a little bit lower. But there, there's a lot of strikers pushing for for minutes. Um, but I think Josh is still the favorite, especially if he puts in minutes. But if thanks if to it, DK. If it works out where Josh knocks Sebastian Legette out of the U.S. national team starting lineup as a winger, I would not be unhappy with that. Um, Sebastian is... Never gets any love. He he gets a decent amount of love, especially by Becky G, but uh, (laughs) he's he's not my favorite player. Ariola, legit. I think they're decent players, but I think Josh has the potential, even as a winger, to be better than both of them. So, um, we'll we'll see. It's going to be tough sledding with the U.S. national team, and that's what we all want to see: is him like starting and being the best. And he, I think this is his best opportunity after the Gold Cup with with DK looking bad. And I think now he's pretty much penciled in at the top one, two, three at worst. Right? I can't imagine anyone thinking he's our third or fourth worst best striker. No, I, I mean, the the nice thing about Josh at, at Norwich is the, the pressure's not going to be on him to perform as the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a big money spend for Norwich, typically, but they're spending more on the two Greek players that they did this offseason. Pukki's going to be their number one guy, yeah. so hopefully Josh can kind of grow into the team and the lineup and... I think he can. Some things that the, the coach said that I was able to kind of glean about it and that made me feel really good is that he was talking about Adam Ida or Ida, I don't know what it is, right now the backup striker to Pookie. Um, 
how he has a natural nose for goal. He's a good striker. He's like, but he needs to develop other things, which is like making the right runs, which Josh, Josh hasn't mastered that for sure. But pressing is something he's not happy with Ida about. Um, playing with his back to goal. The, like everything else he listed, not only was I happy because those are things Josh is good at actually, all those other things, uh, but also, you know, like if they hold on to Cantwell, who I think is really quality, Rashitsa is a good pickup. Like, I know these guys are good players, and with those players in the championship, they can play pretty soccer, right? Like, de- I mean, for championship, like decent, pretty soccer. And that's something that Werder Bremen was never going to offer him. Like, they wanted him to press, they wanted him to play defense, and they wanted him to put a goal in when he got it. You know, five times a game at best, he they wanted him to score one of those, right? And so he has a much better opportunity with Norwich, even if they have to like push and, and grind. I think he's going to look so much better. It's going to be so much easier to watch these Norwich games than Werder Bremen. And that makes me happy about Sargent having a better opportunity this year, in my opinion. Honestly, a lot of the things that I hear described about Norwich as an attractive playing team reminds me of the things that we hear from City sometimes about their how their, how their style of play is. Um, but I think this will give us an opportunity to see what the downsides of that could be. Mm, because they're going to allow a ton of goals. Norwich? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that makes sense. I wondered how they could play the way they do, honestly. And I guess that was their problem in Premier League. Were they leaking goals? A couple of years ago, yeah. I, I think, well, they opened up two years ago against Liverpool, and I think they lost 5-3. to three. Mm. Well, their schedule this year is This year brutal. they're starting with Liverpool again. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, obviously Pookie is a couple of years older, but I, I mean, he did well enough last year. I think uh, he's good enough for the Premier League as an option. And I don't know. It's hard to predict. All you have to do is be the fourth worst team, and you know Burnley eventually is going to lose its magic. Deitch can't keep them up forever, and. Barnsley. Uh, Brighton had a great defense, but they lost Ben White to Arsenal, and maybe their replacement's not as good. Maybe Dunk's not going to hold together. Really don't know. Brighton could be down there. Um, Brentford. Watford's going to be down there. Brentford could be good. They could be bad. Uh, Norwich just has to probably scrabble 37 points over the course of a probably painful season. And then once they stay up, build on that and kind of get some something together. I like for my for my caring about Norwich th- this year, that that's kind of where I am. I, I don't want to see them relegated. I want to see Sargent get as many minutes as possible because that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about Sargent not getting playing time, mm. and I, I hope that's not founded in I hope that's not founded in any reality because they paid for him. I think they'll find a way to get him in the lineup. But then the problem is, are they playing him out of position for the national team? Because that's where I really care about Josh. I want him to be the number nine for the U.S. national team. And if he's not playing that position, is that going to do him a little harm? I, I don't really think so. I think as long as he gets the minutes in and he's playing with a better attacking squad than Bremen, I think he'll be in a lot better position than he has been this past year. He's just lucky he's a striker. In any other position with the national team, he might be in trouble, right? Unless he was a six, maybe. But he, uh, you know, he's got to worry about Pepe getting a move and being incredible somewhere in Europe, right? That's a definite worry. 
Um, and then he's got to worry if PFOC gets a move to somewhere and is still good, mm-hmm. right? Or he's got the time and opportunity at this cycle exactly like, to cement himself. The timing's yeah. right. Yeah, he's put in a position just to succeed and take this opportunity if he can. So if he does well, he's the number nine. If he falters, he probably gets passed up by someone else, and that's that's the harsh truth. But you know, when you have uh, lots of options that are starting to come up, that's that's just what you go with. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to cut it off there. We went longer than I thought, but I shouldn't think that at this point. We just this is what we do. Um, last thought here: We're watching Oakland Roots play Sacramento Republic, and uh, Wall Fall was picking a fight, and it was shut down by Tomas Gomez. So that's a lot of fun. St. Louis connection there. Uh, those two weren't going to throw any bows at each other, that's for sure. So that was a nice thing to watch. Um, oh, it was a brutal tackle, though. Okay, thanks to everyone for listening. It's Flyover Footy. A lot of fun topics tonight. The Academy. Uh, that's just going to open more doors to more conversations, and, and we'll be doing that more regularly. Uh, we were regular with this one, so hopefully in two weeks we'll have another show out for you guys. Hope you enjoyed, and thanks for listening. Bye.